Sorry we're a little late this week, but... Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. We were early last week, and we're a little late this week, because uh, we had a busy week. Yeah. We worked one night till the next day, and then that same day, we were back up at the crack of dawn for work again. Well, not really work. For our job. Yeah. And... Then that was last night and last night we had to was spend it? time with our respective uh, significant, much more significant others. Oh, mine were asleep. When you got home yesterday? Oh, I don't know. It all starts to run together. Uh, I hope they weren't asleep by like six o'clock, six, what, 637. Mm, I guess. Unless <laughs> you don't remember. Um, no, you spent time with them, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, she was just getting you. Uh, didn't she, oh, you you said you might have to wait in your car if they're putting her to bed. Do you have that story? Did you wait in your car? No, nope. Got home early enough. She was already no story in, there. What's that? No story there. No story. Ah, uh, no. <clears throat> um. Well, that's good in there. We yeah we actually, Not. but I was so sleepy, so we went to this place called Arugas. Locally to us, it's a sports bar. Okay. They have garlic, like hot garlic wing sauce. Oh, I have actually a jar of that in my uh, in my fridge. Arugas hot garlic or just your own hot meat? No, no, it's like some fancy stuff that I got for Christmas. Oh, this is delicious. So they make, we get our boneless hot uh, hot garlic and then they have, mm -hmm. they have pierogies because we're in Pennsylvania and they're delicious. Mm -hmm. They serve them with a... Um, hot chili sour cream it's exquisite yeah if i may suggest if you're gonna go that the route of that uh like that buffalo garlic or whatever it is like a, I, I i made a whole batch of wings with it and it was almost too much then i found that it's very good for just dipping on the side so no uh, caesar's uh sauce tip of the day I would suggest going there and trying it out. They have so many different sauces there. They have one called Cold Cracker, and I don't know. You might enjoy that. I don't know what it is. They have um, they have a southern. I'm sure it's going to have some kind of pig anus in it. <laughs> There's a lot of sauces, and we haven't tried them all. But this hot garlic is really good. Uh, so, Arugas, uh, if you ever next time. Oh, speaking of, uh, one of our um, friends at the show who. Who often emails us and creates awesome stuff. Provides us with so much. Uh material and physical and uh comedic comedic material he was in town uh for work i like to think he was in town just to see the whitehall mall uh but he he claims I think that's it, awesome he claims it was for work but he i really he just wanted to see the whitehall mall and was not let down no no he was like what the fuck well at first he went to the to the lehigh valley mall he's like and, oh this isn't uh, this isn't run down dilapidated all that, all that google maps showed him you have to cross Grape Street next to the empty Toys R Us. That mm -hmm. is that like, like you cross the street and your soul kind of goes, ah, 
is it like tries to leave your body and you you go to the white hall mall mm-hmm. i stopped by and saw dominic at comic masters and uh gerbils 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 the pet store uh, he was freaked out by the windows that look into the Gold's Gym. That used to be a movie theater? That used to be our movie theater. Tonight, uh, Eric on headset said, what movie was he seeing when it started raining? Did he say? What were we talking about? Uh, I honestly don't remember. We were talking about some movie and he said he saw it at... Oh, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. He said he saw Forrest Gump at uh, that movie theater and it started raining... During the raining scene in uh, Vietnam, on him in the theater, and I'm like, ah, I miss the plaza. That's absolutely believable. And <laughs> like you said they probably tried to charge you more for. A I 4D said that. Experience. I was like, they probably tried to get that extra dollar for that 4D experience. <sighs> um, but yeah, he was. Our friend was blown away by the sheer number of bizarre boutiques in the place. Wedding. Yeah, all right next to each other. Yeah. Right uh, and. Out in front of that are some of those little kitty rides you put the quarters in, and two um, massage chairs where I watched the gentleman sit there awkwardly with a blanket over his lap oh, while he, he, he stared me, at us. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah was, he was totally um, doing some naughty shit under that thing. Yeah, uh, and then he went down to the former site of the Washington Motor Lodge where Andre the Giant famously passed out in the lobby and could not be moved. And he, which is now a Home Depot, but he tried a cheesesteak from the Squeezer recommended Rascals cheesesteaks. I've still never eaten at this eatery. Smells delicious. Well, it it doesn't it. Yeah. it it's a mix of of cheesesteak and arsenic and uh, pressure treated lumber that uh-huh. just kind of opens the pores. Well, he um he had a cheesesteak there. What else did he do? He came to uh, the Iron Pigs game, which we were suffering at for work. Wow, did he... He came to two really bad games. Probably the, the two, two worst games. The worst of, possible games. Of the coldest, s- dampest, longest, poorly played games I've ever been a part of, and I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, they were bad. Uh, they were pretty bad. He So, unfortunately, he came to those. And meanwhile, I was working something <laughs> that was pretty cool. I was working a burlesque show called The Empire Strips Back. Um and I kept sending uh, pics of the show to, to you guys. I think I only took one pic. So I took one pic and I sent it to you guys. It was the the Tauntaun, right? Yes. Yeah, the Tauntaun. I was like, oh my God, this is too much. So while I was inside warm, well, I was freezing at the sands because I'm a chilly boy. But I, I, was, I was probably warmer than you guys. It wasn't damp. I was enjoying a burlesque show while you guys were Star Wars burlesque show. Yes. And still so the best part of this burlesque show was performed by a guy. He came out in like an old man suit as the emperor. Mm-hmm. And he did the Buffalo Bill. Hung dong and everything. He had like oh, this awesome. big fake dong, like this teensy little fake dong it, with think. big rubber balls. And he did the buff- Buffalo Bill. And then he, he did, they dropped a, a mirror ball that looked like the Death Star. And he got on top of it to, and swang around to Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. It was hysterical. Good stuff. Empire Strips Back. They're all Australian. And according to their Instagram, they're working on an, a Ghostbusters-themed burlesque, burlesque show called Ghostbusties. So, 
That's a fantastic name. Right. And a great idea. I know. Uh, so if that comes to town, uh, I'll, I'll try and get someone to work it, and Enchantress and I will take it in for the night. I'm available. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, he could have went to that, and yet I, I, sh- I was like, I should have offered him tickets for that. Instead, he went to the baseball game. But afterwards, he met us off. for some yingling lagers, and you could tell an outsider by ordering a yingling to the bartender, and she goes, a lager? She was confused. Yeah. Here they don't call it a, you, you don't order a yingling, you order a lager. Even though there's no other beer called yingling or there's no other beer made by yingling on tap there, you got to say, I'll take a lager. Yes. And there are like a dozen other lagers on uh-huh. the list, but. A dozen. There's mean. probably more than half the beers are lagers properly. Yeah. It's, it's like that whiz wit shit, you yeah. know. But you don't say it to be cool or fit in. It's just that's what you've been told to say since you've been 16. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lagger. Uh, so I liked, I hope he had a good time. Uh, I, I like to think so. I want to apologize. Uh, it was really awkward. Um, I went in for the bro hug at the end and then didn't realize that he was up on the curb and I was down in the parking lot. And, oh, uh, you, and you're already, already taller not... than me to begin with. Yeah. And it kind of just ended awkwardly. And I think we both agreed. We just nothing was said and we backed off. So I, I appreciate that. But it still. Well, you're leaving out the part me. where you guys kissed. Were you purposely leaving out that part? Yeah. Right. He leaned in, your lips quivered, and I start playing. Every now and then I fall apart on my iPhone. Oh, I was going to go with Officer and a Gentleman. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been better. And he threw his back out. <laughs> You're very handsome and adorable, and any boy would be lucky to get a kiss from you and carry you out and put their, their officer hat on you. Uh, your be- head. Being being a, a, adorable doesn't mean uh, uh, it wouldn't hurt to stop eating uh, some cheese at midnight. Speaking of cheese... We finally have, after two years, new podcast artwork, I'm very happy to say. You, um, uh, all, all the credit to you, of course, sir. Um, fantastic. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, work. It, it is, uh, I, I, I thought long and hard about the, what we can do to make a, a recognizable logo that would, would call back so many um, memories of the 80s. And, and the most recognizable thing in my head is the Super Mario Brothers 3 are, uh, box artwork. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I know it's been, uh, according to one fucking guy on our Instagram, this has been done to death. And I'm like, no shit. So it's Police Academy. I still love it. Uh, but I, we did this, the, the Super Mario Brothers 3 artwork. And... Um, it's it's me and you as Mario and Luigi uh, with complete raccoon and, and and she drew me with the foxtail and I liked it. I didn't have her change it. I was like, I'll keep it. That's that's from like yeah. a newer game. And uh, you have your starter jacket on and your adorable little Adidas shoes. And yeah, I was wondering. I had an I a feeling what you were up to. I'm sure it involved some kind of picture of me. But why when I, I was when I made you stand there and took the, pictures. Yeah. I, I won't tell you what I made you uh, take the nudes for. That's coming later. I felt so violated. Yeah. 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 How many meshes were um, 
there. You showed me that you could separate the layers, but by how much? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Can you can you can undress me like a? Uh, uh, when we make the, the enamel pins, the clothes are going to be flip up. Oh, it's going to be cool. on a hinge. You know those hinged enamel pins that are so popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be nude under there. They're going to be lewds. Um, so uh, you're, yeah, you're wearing your adorable little Adidas shoes and your adorable starter jacket, and you've got your cheese in your hand. Uh, I'm wearing my Reebok pumps, um, of course, in a hoodie because I'm a chilly boy. Um, I'm, I've got a power glove on, and I'm holding a box of Ecto Cooler. She, she uh, really did a fantastic job capturing. No, it's great work. Yeah. And uh, it's now our podcast artwork. And we're making merch out of it. Uh, and I guarantee you, I can guarantee you I'm going to try and keep the cost as, as close to what we pay for it as possible. Because we never got into this to make money. So, no. The merch is going to... Believe me, if we, we decided, hey, let's go do this podcast so we can make money. Um, we really would have thought about trying to do a better job. <laughs> So far, let's see, this cost me 20 bucks a month. I've been doing it for about two and a half years, roughly, right? Uh, wow, yeah, really. Yeah, so 24, 20, add the six, 30 months times 20. Do that math for me. <laughs> me? Yeah, I can't, all right, hold on, I'll get the calculator app on, since we have a, cal a phone. Uh, so 30 times 20. Uh, so $600 in podcast fees. <laughs> And then the website, which Squeezer never writes for. It's basically my outlet to get the stories out of my head, which helps with the podcast. So the, it's my therapist, essentially. The website cost me two fifty a year and two years, so five. So we're over a thousand dollars to bring this podcast to you guys. You're my therapist. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That's scary in the same way as it is touching. So. Uh, we're not trying to recoup any of that cost at all. I don't want to because I would gladly pay, have paid three to ten times of that to do this podcast because I have so much fun doing it and we, I love the reaction you guys get and the hopefully joy you get out of it. But um, we would like to... You guys are, the fact that we are narcissistic tendencies, we would like to see our image on all of your persons. Mm -hmm. So we want to sell you at cost uh, pictures of us and with raccoon tails, <laughs> so you could wear them. When you put it that way, it does sound really weird. Oh God, I can't wait to people that send pictures of them wearing the shirts. And I think we're gonna go. Uh, so uh, the flags are really cool, uh, t-shirts and lightweight hoodies, because uh, it wouldn't be RK if there was no type of hoodie, and uh, enamel pins to start with. Uh, just get them fast, folks. I have a feeling those 2XLs are going to go quick. Well, the enamel pins are going to be a limited run because I have to buy only a certain amount of them. So um, five years from now, when I have... Uh, if, let's say I buy 100. Five years from now, when I have 95 of them left, you'll be able to get them at a discount at a flea market. And um, yeah, the shirts... I think the way I could do the shirts is if I set it up on this one website... Like when you buy them, when we get to a certain amount, they'll print them and ship them. And there's no need for a middleman for like me to collect or any of us to collect profit. See, if I, I start collecting money from everybody, I'm going to have to start doing paperwork and uh, I don't want to do that. 
You gotta file it. You gotta collect income tax, um, pay taxes, uh, and, and then you and I have to do the struggle of dividing that twelve bucks. Do I? We each get six. Do I get seven and you get four? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's oh wait, that's not the right math. Wait, huh? Eight. Do I get eight and you get four? I'm just waiting for the day when we, like, you turn on the TV and there's a commercial on for, like, Christian Children's Fund and there's our shirt. <laughs> Please adopt this child today. That that would make it all worth it to me, honestly. Sally Struthers is trying to get money from you and she's hawking it with children wearing our shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, it just means that someone has a nice, a nice stylish shirt. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to try and uh, make... And also, there's more artwork coming down for more... I got more ideas for pins that you might actually enjoy and want to have. Because I like a good pin. I, you know me, I have a pretty big enamel pin collection. Mm -hmm. So, I have some ideas where I'm going to totally rip off other people's old IP and make pins out of it. and For, for not profit, but for all of us to enjoy. But, like, somehow brand it rat ears. Well, that that's that's the... Well, that's the rad year's way. Yeah. Right. Just talk about what other people did. All right, we're coasting on their old ideas. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's where the internet's kind of ended up now. There's mm -hmm. nothing new on it. It's just people, you know, right. remixing the biggest that have movie been there. in the history of the world was based on comic books that are like 30 years old. Yeah. So, um, I, what did Infinity War came out in 92, I think? I don't know the yeah, it was about that time. So there you go. Nothing's new. Everyone's basing their shit off the nine eighties and nineties. You yep. know, we didn't start it. We're just we're just joining the crowd. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, our new artwork. Check it out. It's on our Instagram. It's on our website, radiers.com, and it will be staring at you on your mobile device that you downloaded this on. Because when I upload this, I'm making it our artwork going forward squeezer are you yeah. ready to do a show uh i am i'm excited we so did we tell them what we were going to talk about earth day shit last week did we i no i think that was i think post show yeah we are gonna try and like squeeze in an earth day show and i it, it would have wound up being like three weeks late and there's really there really wasn't a lot to do that I could find. Like we need more time to research this and, and put a good show together. And then you pitched what about video game characters? Yeah. So between the extremely awkward shattering the uncanny, basically it took the uncanny valley and went straight to China. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Oh come on! I loved it. Jim Carrey carried the whole thing. No, no. But I'm yeah, so excited I'm to see it. that. Movie. I think he makes a great Dr. Robotnik Eggman. Uh are, are they calling him Eggman, not Robotnik? I think he's Eggman. And then they kind of tease like the Robotnik look at the end of the trailer. Okay. I can't wait for that movie. Um, but the the uh, Sonic just uh didn't it didn't look even look like Sonic. Uh no, but they said they're gonna change it. I was okay with it. Didn't yeah. fucking hurt. No, my it butt, just there but... was something like a physical, like didn't feel like it just didn't feel right. It wasn't like a just oh I don't like that. That doesn't look good to me. It was a physical revulsion. Like ooh, hmm. versus the detective Pikachu, which I thought looked adorable, and I heard is uh, 
Yeah, pretty good. They shot that on uh, 35 mil. Yeah. Um, but and then between that and I got kind of sucked down a rabbit hole of watching uh, Mortal Kombat fatalities. I'm like, oh, Kung Lao is pretty awesome. Oh shit. All right. Well, that's coming up later. I got. Like, I, we oh, both let's talk about com- uh, video game characters. We both picked a uh, a Mortal Kombat character, so that's that's in the future. That's a little uh, coming up on the Rowdyers podcast teaser. But uh, I guess I'm gonna start. So should we get at it? Um. Yeah. Here's my first pick for our favorite video game characters, and these aren't just starring characters or titular characters. These are any character that were involved in a video game, and here's mine. So, what you just heard was what this, the music that plays right before you take on the Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for a Nintendo Entertainment System. So, the uh, game Punch-Out itself was an arcade game, and uh, it was basically made an arcade game. Uh, the, the way Punch-Out came to be, Squeezer, I'm not sure if you ever heard the story was, and I read this in um, our friends. Uh, uh, are you there? I'm here. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure. I'm being polite and letting you speak. So our friend on the podcast, Blake Harris, you could listen to him on a past episode in our archives. He wrote a little book called Console Wars. Uh, he told the story of how basically Punch-Out! the arcade game came to be. Uh, our, Nintendo had too many CRT monitors. Uh, they had like way too many and they need to like get rid of some of them and, and figure out a way to make arcade cabinets they're never going to make enough arcade cabinets like with a single rt crt monitor so they figured out a way to make a game that used two crt monitors and that became punch out the arcade game a huge hit in the arcades so this, they decided to port it to the nes their huge breakout system in america and japan obviously everywhere and they wanted a, a uh, someone to sponsor this game, someone to be the face of this game, someone that Americans uh, might know and, and love. And um, uh, Mira Arakawa, the president at the time of Nintendo of America, uh, was at a boxing match featuring Mike Tyson. And he was so like blown away by this guy that he... Uh, decided to license his name and likeness for Punch-Out. Do you know what they paid Mike Tyson for three years of his likeness? Was it a flat rate for three years? Yes. One million dollars. Fifty thousand dollars. Oh, I thought I was being funny by lowballing. Are you shitting me? $50,000. And they were worried. This was before he beat Trevor Burbick in 1986 to win the WBC championship. Oh, it so, was licensed that early? Yeah, they were way ahead of the game on Mike Tyson. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, in 86, you had to be a boxing fan, really, to still be, to, you know, be in on Tyson. Yeah, and Arakawa was a boxing fan. He was a huge boxing fan. And um, 
I guess he, he had this foresight to know that Tyson was going to be good. It's funny that uh, uh, after Buster Douglas beat Tyson, Sega, and this, this is told in, in uh, Blake's book too, Console Wars, was like all in on um, Buster Douglas sponsoring their, their game. And the night, <laughs> they, they had it ready to release, and they were, they were all in a bar ready to watch his game, and they're at NAB, and they were like getting just shit on by Nintendo on NAB, and they were like all excited to watch the fight. And like, really know that if he wins, this is gonna be huge for this game. And, and Burbick showed up like overweight and out of shape and got his ass knocked out. Uh, not Burbick, I'm sorry, Buster Douglas. And yeah, Buster Douglas boxing for Sega never really <laughs> broke down walls or left a legacy like Mike Tyson's Punch Out did. And when this game actually came out, this was after they paid the version. Uh, Mike Tyson was the real life heavyweight champion of the world. So it was a pretty cool deal. Uh, he was so hard to get to. And I remember everyone who had this game, my neighbor, would go down and I always wanted to play it. I and mean, we wanted to see Tyson. So remember those old books that were like the size of the novel of, of game cheats that you would get from the library or like book fair? Oh, yeah. And Walden Books. So we had one of them and it had all the codes to like get ahead the players. So we used to like put in the code to get to Mike Tyson and you get fucking knocked out immediately. Like he was incredibly hard. I'm watching this video, this guy beating him and I don't know how he did it. Like I, there's a certain part in, in Mike Tyson's punch out where I can't get past anybody. And he's just, he's just so good. And this game is just so much fun. And just watching it now makes me want to go downstairs and play it. But I, uh, on, um, on our Nintendo uh, classic, system they only have the the mic tight the the punch out with mr dream on it who they had to mm -hmm. had who had to, they used to replace mike tyson after the license ran out but you can get the probably the rom with mike tyson and replace it so i'm surprised that they haven't like re-upped the license for like the uh the classic yeah that would have been a crazy cool move mm -hmm. uh to but also crazy stupid money yeah, he probably, but I, I, it's it's money at this point where, I bet I bet they could have probably given fifty thousand and got it again at this point. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, Mike Tyson says after you beat him, great fighting. You are tough, Mac. I've never seen such finger speed before. Uh, then it goes through all the fighters he beat, like a like a credits, like at the end of Endgame. Oh, it doesn't just say winner is you? No, no, no. It's a pretty good, pretty good win. So uh, Mike Tyson was... And in, in different... And in, in a lot of my characters I'm talking about are, are kind of get embellished in, in circles back then. There was no internet when we were kids, so it was all like hearsay. Mm -hmm. And how hard... Like there was rumors of how it was almost... It was, it was impossible. No one ever beat Mike Tyson. You remember hearing those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't actually beat him. Yeah, and well, and you were talking about the magazine, like you know, you'd have one magazine that'd be, you know, spreading it around, and then you're like taking that and like copying it down, like in your notebook, like writing codes down. Right. Uh, so it it has a staying power that lasts for years. They put it on the the console system. It's it's always considered in the top ten Nintendo games of all time, and uh, I think it's in the top five, and uh, it's. A lot of people call it a brilliant puzzle game disguised as a sports game, and that's exactly what it is. It's about finding out like the secret 
to beating that character and and beating it. It's a, it's obviously a puzzle game. It's a it's a sequence you have to do to beat that Much person. Much like boxing. Yeah. And uh, it sold in excess of two million copies when it came out. Jeez. So, I mean, no boxing game since Punch Out has ever been as huge and um, I don't know as popular. And it there was it was featured in comics. Captain and the Game Master. It had King Hippo in it as a villain. Mm-hmm. Um. Kevin Keane's seen playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out in the opening credits, the live action credits before he's sucked into uh, a game world. And um, oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's Mike Tyson as one of my favorite characters in a video game for my first pick. You ready for yours? Oh uh, yeah, let's go from uh, one legendary boss to another. Say ciao to your friends, Princess Toadstool. That's goodbye in Italian. Because when you see him again, you'll be a tomato sauce sucking vampire. Just like me. <laughs> I, I spent probably 20 minutes just watching Bowser clips from uh, the old Super, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Bowser. King Koopa, if you'd like. Um, King of the Koopas. Um the turtles the former ox turn turtle um made his debut you know super mario brothers back in 85 and uh he was the final boss and also the mini boss for each level even though they were uh imposters right um and even though you would all defeat him uh, the same way uh it was, I don't want to say it was, uh, he's a cool boss, and he's a cool villain. Problem is, with the first time around, the whole beating him by just kind of jumping through the fireballs over him and then hitting the axe and, you know, taking the bridge out and him falling is kind of unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, but he grows over time, and he beca- he gets his own life, and especially between, you know, the cartoon... And then, um, the Koopa Kids, the Koopalings, the Koopa Kids, yeah. And Super Mario Brothers three really expanded on uh, the whole Koopa family, and he he went beyond. I, I was trying to think of it like he's not so much like just a villain. He really has a personality to him, and he goes beyond the game. And it's because I I was torn between I wanted to pick a a, a big villain and I was. Between him and Ganon. And the reason that I didn't go with Ganon was... he He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's the villain in the game. He's evil. So is King Koopa. But you almost feel like it's one of those... Uh, 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 what was it? Uh, Ralph and... Uh, the sheepdog and the wolf. And the coyote. Really? From Looney Tunes. You know what I mean? Oh... Wait, what? The sheepdog? Yeah. And the coyote. Well, Ralph what? and... Uh, what the hell is his name? Sheepdog from Looney Tunes. Ralph and Sam the sheepdog. Sam, yeah. Ralph Wolf uh, I, I and Sam like the I feel like it's like that. Like, at the end of the day, like, Mario and, like, Bowser, like, you know, clock out. And then they go chill. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that like makes it, sense. it just it had to, uh, it was more fun, more playful. Here, here's. And I, do you have any, like, what's what's your scariest version of Bowser? Scariest version? Like, is there a version that like like scared you as a kid when you were playing the game? Like, did like 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 made your heart beat faster and your blood boil? Like. As in, I'm afraid of you, Jabberwocky kind of way, or like, oh, he's a tough boss kind of way. Afraid of you, Jabberwocky and tough boss. No. Um, for me, oh, it, boy. it was Mario 64. They did Bowser really good. Like those scenes were scary. Like he come down and it was like ha 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 ha, and you have to like gra- grab him by the tail. Oh, I used to scare this. I used to be so like scared and sweaty sweaty palms and you know you're like 12 13 right i'm still scared of it when i play it (laughs) i liked him as a boss because those boss battles were fun um whereas like the first mario you know you kind of jump over them and and that was it even mario 3 you know you had a little more interaction with them um and you can get caught um he has that as he's trying to stomp on you and break through he has that like uh, clown Wind up clown helicopter thing in Mario World. Oh, Mario! Yeah, that was tough, mm-hmm. and because uh, I wasn't, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I only got to play with him occasionally. So I would always, he'd always get me. Um, but yeah, as Mario sixty four was cool, because then you'd, you'd, you know, grab him by the tail and do the swing around stuff, and mm-hmm. it, it just added a lot of dimension to him, both not literally and figuratively. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what and, do you think about King Koopa in the Mario Brothers movie, Dennis Hopper? Yeah, uh, President Koopa? Yes. Uh, I believe it is Dennis Hopper does agree that's the biggest, worst mistake of his life, I believe, right? No, uh, he says it, but I love it. Like, Oh, that's... When I think Dennis Hopper, it's one of the movies that come to mind. Yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't want that, but uh, he, there's something just, you know, playful about, you know, Bowser, King Koopa. Like, and and it shows the way he crosses over, and, you know, especially, I mean, originally, like, first with, like, Mario Kart and the Mario Golf, and then all those other games, you know, he's just, he's part of the family. You know, it's it's okay to play with him, whereas, like, no one wants to hang out and play with Ganon. Right, yeah, that's true. You know, there, there, like, there's a certain levity. Ganon's uh, Ganon. You can't race Ganon in, in Mario Kart. No, you raise Bowser. And though. even even if he was available, would you want to? No, but I always like playing as Bowser. He was like you. You could run anybody over with that. He's not oh, fast. Yes. He's it's not great. fast, but he's powerful. Yes. Uh, a little known fact. Uh, more food uh, news. Uh, so Koopa. Uh, it, it, they spell it as K O O P A, um, which means great uh, demon king. But I believe it also came from a Korean um, noodle dish, like a soup. Oh, yes, that's served to the right of the rice but left of the chopsticks. Huh. Apparently, there's rules. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, but like I said, originally, so originally he was an ox, and then. Um, um, when Miyamoto designed him, he kind of just did a one rough sketch of him, 
uh, for like the box art. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to actually like animate him, like he just kind of turned it over to the, the animator, and they're like, It'd "Make more sense of you as a turtle, because all the rest are turtles." And they drew it, and he's like, "Oh, that's cool. Go with it." Huh. I um, did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, originally, I guess, so, all of those, um, imposter ones, like your, your mini bosses throughout the levels, uh, you know, the reason you know they're imposters is if you kill him with five fireballs, he turns into an upside down turtle shell, which gives the impression that, oh, he was just a regular turtle, but using some dark magic, he turned that turtle into a Bowser. Um... It was all a big programming snafu. It, it, it was supposed to be Bowser like falling in, and that would be it. But they screwed up and accidentally replaced that sprite with the sprite of an upside-down turtle shell. And that they just like, oh, that's cool. Let's go with that. He's an imposter. He's actually a turtle with magic. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Well, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. it's great when back in the day, like, oh, that's cool. Oh, we'll just write something in and tell people that's what it is. All right, let's not hate. You and I do that all the time. No, I'm not hating. I'm saying it's great. I'm hating now. I'm hating now when people like pick at it and like, when they let the fans and the the throwback dictate. Like, imagine like people who are trying to do Rad Years thirty years from now. They would have a great movie to talk about in the Sonic movie. And what did they? What were they thinking with the teeth? And you know this. This this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and you know but now it's going to be changed because of fan uproar. I don't know. I I love that John Ralphio is doing the voice too. By the way, but I'm I'm fine with that. It's just no, I love it. Uncomfortable. John Ralphio. Yeah. I hope he says does some John Ralphio shit. <laughs> well, it is kind of Sonicy of him. Yeah. Or Sonic's like, Sonic's got a little bit of that in him. These shoes cost $10,000. You know, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. John Raphael is one of my favorite characters in Parks and Rec. Ben Schwartzman plays him. He's also one of the nephews on the new DuckTales. Oh, yeah, that's right. Great actor. He's so, so great. Him and Aziz Ansari are freaking hysterical in that, in that show. Love me some Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, great first pick. Oh, thanks. Uh, my second pick is also a Mario character uh, who didn't start as a Mario character but became one because of us lazy Americans not being able to play video games. That is the unmistakable sound and noise of fighting Birdo in Super Mario Brothers 2. The first ever, I believe, transgender or cross-dressing character in the video game universe. I, I believe so. Uh, Birdo is a character whose first appearance was an enemy in Doki Doki Panic, which was... Uh, cannibalized and turned into Super Mario Brothers 2 in the States because they didn't think the Super Mario Brothers 2, which here is known as the Lost Levels, that uh, was going to be easy enough because we didn't know how to play video games. 
Um, but Bert, that game became hugely popular. Mario 2 is one of my favorite games ever. And um, Birdo became a huge popular character. Uh, she's since been, I guess, depict, depicted as an ally. ally. She's in Mario Kart, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so the manual for Mario 2, and this is why I always say this, and now they're saying that it's not true, but the Mario 2 manual that you got when you were a kid said, Birdo is a boy who thinks he is a girl. That's why he wears the bow and shoots the eggs and would rather be referred to as Birdette. Bur- Birdetta. But uh, I guess there was too much of an uproar for that. But they re- I didn't even know that there was an uproar. Like for the, until like five, six years ago in my life, not even, maybe three. I think I, I found it when I was doing research for the show. I always thought Birdo was a boy who thought he was a girl because that's what my manual said when I was a kid. Uh, they removed the mention of her new name. Um... And starting with Mario Tennis, they just refer to Birdo as a female, which I guess is progressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what you're supposed to say, right? Yeah, they depicted Birdo and Yoshi in a relationship. So what does that make Yoshi, then? I don't know what that makes. Yoshi's well, it's a still... cross-species thing, so that yeah. alone is kind no, of they're, weird. they're both dinosaurs. What the hell kind of dinosaur is Birdo? She's a, a dinosaur who thinks she's a female and shoots eggs at you. I never thought she was a dinosaur. Yeah, what else is she? Just a thing. What is that Yoshi? shoots eggs out of her mouth. They say... What's, what's Toad? Toad is a mushroom guy. Point. I always love Birdo. She's a fun character. You, she shoots eggs at you. You jump on them, and you have to lift them up out of thin air and throw them back at her to get the. That's ju- what made her fun, and yeah. the battles fun, and I think the physics of that game, just kind of. like going back. There's another. There's a levity to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mario Two yeah, is it's so not mu- nearly as serious as Lost Levels. Mario, yeah, Mario Two is so much fun. Like if they would have released Mario Lost Levels in America. I think they would have been fucked because it was almost the same game as Mario Brothers. And yes. Mario 2 was an entirely different game. And you could play mm-hmm. as Mario, Luigi, Toad, or, or the best character in the game, Princess Peach, or Toadstool at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, there was a whole new wrath of enemies and a whole new wrath of bosses. And they they shoehorned some power-ups from the original games into it to make you think, oh, okay, this was a Mario game. But it is such a fun game. Like Mario mm-hmm. Two is up there. I think if I were to like name my top three favorite Mario games, it'd be Mario Three, Mario Two, Mario One, and in that order. And that's weird. Wow. Yeah. I I really do. Wow, you even put like Mario One over like Mario One is iconic. Of course, it's important. But like, I, I'd play. Like Mario 64 or Super Mario oh, World before. Yeah, but I still love playing Mario 1. Yeah. I remember when yeah. uh, when they released Super Mario Brothers Advance for the Game Boy Color. It was mm-hmm. Mario 1. It was the first time you were like playing like the biggest n- Nintendo game of all time on on your Game Boy. And, like I played that shit like constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like my senior year of high school. Played it all the time, everywhere. Anyway, it was like... Yeah. 
You can finally play this game that 10 years ago you would be stuck at home playing anywhere you want. And I don't know. I, I just, I give the original three I, I, I hold in high esteem. I love yeah. Mario World. I love Mario 64. But I do love those original three. I love, I think my second favorite Mario game of all time, like the play is Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins on Game Boy. Mm-hmm. But I still think Mario Brothers 2, I don't know. They're all, they're, they did such, they made so many great games that, that still hold up today. Uh, and Birdo is a character that they've wound up surviving from. She's probably the most popular character that survived Mario 2. Um, yeah. I mean, there's the Shy Guys. Uh, there's a handful of other characters. But as far as uh, Birdo, absolutely. It still exists. She's in. You could play her in Mario Kart and in Super Smash Brothers. So, uh, so here's a thing on their gender. Birdo has been the subject of discussion relating to her gender identity. Simon Carlis of Writing for Games Sutra described Birdo as infamously gender confused. It is speculated by Wired's Chris Kohler that the gender issue was retconned to make her female. My video game developer Jennifer Diane Reitz suggested that she underwent gender reassignment surgery. That's fair enough. In a book, Vintage Games, an inside look in the history of Grand Theft Auto, Super Mario, and the most influential games of all time, the author describes Birdo as the most notable character in Super Mario Bros. 2 to being the first transgender, transgender character in video games. In his article, Too Gay for the USA, Andrew Webster of The Escapist <laughs> used the history of Birdo... You know what I'm thinking right now? When I was a kid and I read that, like it didn't even, it, nothing ever dawned on me that it was wrong or weird or, and it, I didn't, I, I didn't even read the manual. So how the hell did I know? Right, and Yoshi lays eggs too. Like, isn't he supposed to be male? Well, that's a good point. See, I always saw Birdo as more even just like an asexual. Uh, I read the manual of every game. I was obsessed with manuals. They were so much like more detailed, and they always gave you like oh absolute backstory and everything. So like mm -hmm. I poured over manuals. Like I like I read oh. them in my bed with the blanket over my head and a flashlight when I was a kid. Like mm -hmm. that was like my thing. Oh, the my Super Mario Brothers three just basically fell apart because I would oh, carry yeah. it in my back yeah, pocket. Absolutely, every day I had it everywhere. Yeah, because it had bios of every villain, right? Every character in there. Oh, the Legend of Zelda one was even bigger than that. It had everything in there, and there was some great oh, yeah. shit. And it had a swatch to get in it. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Birdo is uh my one of my favorite video game characters of all time. Uh. She's a weirdo, and I'm a weirdo myself, so I like her. All right, Squeezer, your next pick. Friends, your future may not be as secure as you think. Where will you be when the atomic bombs fall? You can secure your family's future by reserving a spot in a state-of-the-art underground vault from vault -Tec. That's right, Bob. Act now, and your family can wait out the horrors of nuclear devastation. And Doris, the vault will have all the amenities of your modern-day home. And it's attractive. And Sally, in the vault, you might meet that special someone. 
just as you would on the surface. And in a few short years, you and your fellow vault dwellers will repopulate our great country. And Billy, you'll have lots of swell kids to play with. Reserve your family spot in a state-of-the-art underground vault today. Sign up now and prepare for the future. Ah, so uh, Vault Tech, the creator of uh, the vaults that keep us alive in nuclear war, is uh, the kind of the um, what are they? The Skynet of of the Fallout universe. Oh, uh, really? The, they're bad. On P. What's that? I've never played any Fallout, so. Oh, I it's that's my thing until the last one. Um, uh, they were um. RP, uh, really RPGs to start, and then they get the whole American action RPG thing going on. Come Fallout Three, um, but Fallout debuted in '97, and Vault Boy's initial role was, um, so when you're RPG, you have you know your stats and your perks and characteristics and stuff like that. And he was basically used as an animation to illustrate certain you know perks. Not nothing, uh, too, too grand. Um, they, he does show up occasionally in, um, Fallout 2 and then, uh, throughout some of the other games and then Fallout 3, once Bethesda got a hold of, uh, the license, they took him and just made him into an icon and like in the world of Fallout, he's everywhere. He is the icon. He's the character. He's on, you know, the posters, he's on all the marketing, there's bobbleheads of him. He's on lunch boxes, all kinds of stuff like that. He is like the the Mickey Mouse uh, of their world. Um, ironically, as this, you know, the games took off and got more and more popular, now you see him all over the place in our world, IRL, and it's this weird crossover where he's not a video game character. He's uh, a piece of art. He is uh, part of the world, part of the the depth of, you know, the world. And... It's weird that in that world he is a you know uh, uh, a marketing tool and like a mascot, and then it's crossed over to the point where like you walk down and there are these giant you know man-sized you know vault boys there, or there's just poster of a, posters of them hanging up on the wall, or you know just like people would have right. a T-shirt of vault boy in the game, you have a T-shirt of vault boy in real life. And it's this weird crossover where he's almost become the same thing, uh, dare I say, IRL, as in uh, like the virtual world. Huh. And he's also just a fun image, and it works out. He's based off of um, uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Uh, Uncle Penny... Pennybags? Moneybags. Yeah, Uncle Pennybags. Moneybags. Moneybags. Um... Uh, uh, Leonard Boisky. I want to say that's how it is. I'm butchering this, and I apologize. Um, Boyarsky. But he did the like original. He was like the art director. Came up with the whole like 1950s vibe for it and everything. And he created this character. Um, back in the day, and I mean, it's kind of just taken on a, a life of its own. And there's like all all the cartoons are out there now because they use them to promote it. So they kind of do these. Uh, like mock 
instructional videos and stuff when new games are released and you know he's become a great spokesperson as well as like a little piece of americana both in the game and out right and i have i mean he's everywhere in my house yeah i know you you love this guy i got my funkos i got my little uh my little figurines because then they also dress him up too like i have him as death i got him as a mysterious stranger even though I don't know if technically he's a mysterious stranger, but it kind of looks like him. Uh, I even got I have Christmas ornaments uh, of him that hang up on my tree. Um, the little squeezette goes around calling it daddy. Aww. Because it's my little figure. Yeah. Yeah, all those. Um, whereas we joke that we're going to send kids into your office to pillage it for toys. She actually does do that. That's why I can't really put anything up. Um But yeah, she thinks it's adorable, and she's on to something, because he is adorable. He is very adorable, absolutely, yeah. Uh, it, what uh, What is the future of uh, Fallout? I have no idea. I didn't play 76, because I don't really, I'm not comfortable talking to people via the internet. Okay. Uh, so... We'll see. Maybe I'll give it a shot down the road, but I it's one of those things. I like playing these games because I like to just put on a headset and, you know, disappear and not have to talk to people on a headset like I do all day. So I don't want the interaction. I have no need for in, human interaction. That's why I, I zone out in, into this entirely uh, fictitious world. So we'll see what happens next. All right, well, that's fair enough. Um, you ready to move on? Oh, uh, yeah, let's show. Right, here we go. Here's my next pick. No. So, I'm talking about the character of E-Honda, short for Edmund Honda, of the video game Street Fighter 2. He was a, a, a long, original lineup of Street Fighter 2, but he's been in all the games since then. And uh, he's a professional sumer wrestler and a sento proprietor. He's... Um, one of the original eight, and he represents Japan alongside Ryu. And uh, he was my go-to character because he was the best to like be cheap with. He was a fucking heel. That like hunter hand slap mm -hmm. was so you could just like attack someone with that. And just, oh, like, you were one of those leg sweepers in Mortal Kombat too, weren't you? Yeah, oh yeah, and uppercutters. Yeah. So he was like. His strength was above average, but he was a slow guy, and um, he he looks like a sumo guy, but he has like the towel wrapped around him. Soon, everyone knows what Ihanda looks like. Mm -hmm. He's got that thousand hound slap that you could just just fucking roll with, and no one could get no one could get anywhere near you if if you get that going. Um, so his character was began training as a child. 
and he was focused on becoming the greatest sumo wrestler of all time. He would eventually achieve the highly revered title of Ozeki, which uh, is basically Yokozuna. Uh, he became upset that the rest of the world did not view sumo wrestling with the reverence of Japan, and he entered in the Second World Warrior Tournament intent on showing everyone that sumo wrestlers rank among the greatest fighters in the world. Beyond this, he yearns to improve and prove his own strength, as well as earn the title of Yokozuna. While involved in the tournament, he takes an opportunity to investigate Shadaloo. In response to sumo wrestlers having taken drugs, he traced back to the organization. His, so he's a good guy. His face painting and cultural uh, ambiguous name assisted him in covert operations. Following the tournament and the fall of Shadaloo, he uh, returned to Japan, where he continued wrestling professionally. Uh, but once M. Bison and Shadaloo were taken down, he uh, knew everything was right. He's in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Big old... Yeah, he's a, he's a cameraman. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Or, he, or he's a, I think he's a, like an engineer. Uh, I think they had... Uh, I think Balrog was their was the cameraman and uh honda because honda would be in the, in the live truck and we would get out and bounce up off the ground which i've seen happen so uh he's a close associate of chun li uh, and her news crew technician uh aiding to quest uh, adventure father's death alongside of course balrog and uh him and balrog obviously both have a grudge against shadaloo which is M. Bison's uh, criminal uh, group. Uh, they're their club. And you hear this in the background? The oh, yeah. The elephants. It's, so, it's just fun to listen to. I know. Honda. F or Yoga Fire. Yoga Flame. The first time I ever heard of yoga, <coughs> yoga wasn't pants or stretching. It was in Street Fighter 2. Hold on. I have a I think I'll sip a beer here. Are you okay? Yeah, <clears throat> that was for our friend who misses when we had tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis. We didn't have cough buttons back in the day. Uh, so the first action figure I bought in the G.I. Joe 1993 um, Street Fighter line was Honda because he was my favorite character. He was my favorite character in the game because he was so easy to be cheap with. <laughs> uh, he was the seventh action figure in the series, and um, he was like uh, unique compared to the others. Because there, you know, a lot of times back in the day, they'd use other bodies, arms, legs, heads to make multiple characters. But he's so rare that he was unique to the rest of the characters, and a unique mold was made. Very uh, unique. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he was jointed to allow for his 100 hand slap move. Um, you know, these toys were discontinued. But I always love those. I still, to this day, and I remember buying them at Bradley's, the Street Fighter G.I. Joe line. One of my favorite toy lines of all time. Yeah, I had a Guile. I had. What else did I have? Was it Sagat? Uh, there was a couple. Uh, and then, and the, the vehicles 
Well then, so once they discontinued it, um, they uh, they w would sell the vehicles and toys like at at super low cost. So I would get the vehicles and they'd have this the turbo colors, the limited edition turbo colors released, um, and that was always really cool. Uh, fighter two action figures, GI Joe. Uh, oh man! Oh yeah, I had a I had Bison too, which he fit in great. Him him and Guile fit in great easily with the GI Joes. They all fit in really? with the GI Joes, in my opinion. So there, uh, it was Ryu, uh, E Honda, which was this big Blanca, fat bastard, so and he had the he had the cloth around him. So I I love that. He, I I still like remember, like I can remember like getting him and having them and remember being around like I could go back to that memory. Blanca, um who they had a blue and a green Blanca in the toy line. Uh Guile, Balrog, uh, Vega who be after in Turbo he became everyone's like favorite character. Mhm. Cuz it like the Wolverine claws. Yeah, the Vega figure looks re I didn't have him. In. The Vega figure looks really cool. Oh yeah, he was cool. Um Ken Chun Li uh, was also in that. Um, gotta help me out. And Bison was also oh yeah, so many cool, cool toys. Made uh, I'm forgetting a few. I'm forgetting uh, Dalsim, probably. Who was the Russian? The bear guy. Uh, Zangief. Zangief was made, and there's one more uh, Dalsim, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I did not have his figure. No, I said Dalsim already. Who's the the last guy that I'm not I'm forgetting? Um, I'm looking. Oh, these guys. They, this guy has them all mixed up. I'm looking at eBay accounts. Who's the guy with the mixed up Who's with the guy some... with the eye patch? What the hell is his name? Oh, Sagat. Oh, Sagat. Yeah. 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 yeah they, that rounds him out. Cool figures. I wish I could get all of these. Uh, if someone's selling these, hit me up because I will pay some money for these. There's a lot of room yet on those office walls. I know. The original Street Fighter 2 G.I. Joe action figures. They're so freaking cool. I love that. And then, like, the best part about them is Mortal Co the Mortal Kombat figures were kind of like the same type. They weren't licensed mm -hmm. or anything, but... Uh, same time, and they also released like the dolls that weren't selling at the time. Remember those? Oh yeah, the Street what Fighter dolls. Thinking? I don't know. I I had some of the GI Joe ones. I didn't have any of the Street Fighter ones. I had Snake I Eyes had, uh, and I had Cobra Commander. I had, who'd you have? Snake Eyes and Cobra Commander. Yeah, I had Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes was awesome because his mask had come off, but he still had like a balaclava underneath yeah and cobra commander you saw his face you saw the scar oh that's right i also had cobra commander yeah he had a yeah, rubber he mask pulled the mask off yeah yeah um all right yeah there was yeah those were the same two i had hmm, look at this hmm. all right here is your next pick squeeze
ever talked about Link's Awakening on this show before? Never. Alright, we should really talk about that, because it's a really good game. What? Um, I mean... Dare I say, the best Zelda game ever? I mean, no, that's Ocarina of Time, but this is second. Okay, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. When, when you consider what they did with the power of a Game Boy... It's when, impressive. When you consider what they did with the power of the N64... Alright, fair enough. Yeah. Right. Touché. Um, so, Link, uh, memorable character. I'm not talking about him. And like I said, I didn't talk about Ganon. And Zelda just gets way too complicated because there's just so many of them. Because when you get the whole timeline thing and who's who and I don't know. They're just fun games. Um... There is one character that always stands out to me, and he helps Link in his adventure quite early on in the game, and that is the great chain chomp pet Bow Wow. Bow Wow, yes. Um, there is nothing more satisfying than just slowly walking around the map with a chain chomp by your side and just eating absolutely every enemy nearby and the sound that comes with it and just the decisiveness of his strike it's so fun and so satisfying that you spend a good amount of time not progressing just so you can wander around and have him eat stuff yeah finding madam meow meow is one of the like most important things you have to do in that game yes yeah, so you you need Bow Wow to get you into Bottle Grotto, which is uh, the second cave, because um, it's protected by these flowers. Um, the like Punga uh, flowers. Yes. Do you know that offhand, or were you looking this up? No, I know that. I played this game so much. Okay, I yeah, remember I used to read the books. Uh, that's a good point, yeah. I had the yeah Prima uh, strategy guide for... I believe it. Oh, that was the other thing too. You can you can get the strategy guide, which sometimes didn't have actually any tips at all, but it was just mm -hmm. basically a deeper backstory and just yeah, that was also great. I I, I would pour oh. through those guides under my blankets with the fucking flashlight on until my brother would yell at me to go to sleep. Yeah, so you would go visit Madame Meow Meow, and she was kind of like the uh, the uh, Elmira of. Uh, yeah, she had oh, many, the Zelda world. Many pets. Yeah, so she, had, she had, I think she had um, Bow Wow, but she also had... Um, she had Shmuffin? Uh, hi, no, Shmuffin. I don't. Oh, hi, Shmuffin. Say hi. She's rubbing against... Say hi, Shmuffin. Is she rubbing against the recorder? No, not, she's not as bad as all. She's rubbing against the table that holds the recorder. Hi, Shmuffin. Oh, she's gone on my feet. Oh, okay. Um, she's Madame Rai Rai's, RK, RK's pet. One of them. Yeah. Well, do you, do you have do you have another one named Yip Yip that talks to you and you have to a little side quest is you can get her a ribbon? No, I don't. Oh, cuz you could do that too. Um yeah, he's just a very fun, very satisfying character and um he makes uh Bow Wow being uh, a named individual, but you know, chain chomps go beyond um, Zelda Chain Chumps are also quite popular and they make a huge appearance and have a huge role in uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yes. Um, especially as you progress. And they can be a bitch to deal with, too. And they're um, based on Sagara Maramoto's fear of a dog when he was a kid that would run after him. 
all the time and be stuck on a chain. I'm not gonna lie. Out of all the enemies, they're some of the most terrifying. Oh yeah. Because you can't do anything with them. Oh, no, all of it's them. A, it's a it's a steel ball with teeth. Or perhaps iron. I always saw them as like an iron ball with teeth. I was I always thought of them as like a ball and chain from prisoners. Yeah. Yep. That came to life. Yeah, that can eat that wanna eat you. That wanna eat you, Schmuffin. She's on my lap now. She's she's a little sweetheart. Um Oh yeah, and I forgot because he's and so he treats you you treat him like a dog too, so you know, you have a shovel and you can go around and he'll actually find stuff for you that you can like dig up and like sniff around. Oh yeah. So like the the amount of little detail and like just the depth and what you can do with them. Uh, there, out of there's so many different little things like the claw game and, um. Yeah, just all the fun little things you can do in the game. I, Chain Chomp, you know, Bow Wow just stands out as just something completely different that you you weren't used to having, and especially at this time and especially on a Game Boy game. And after you bring him back, you get a kiss that restores all your hearts. You do, yes. Which and at that point you're like, uh, you can keep your kiss. I want my my vicious tooth bowling ball back. Right. You don't want nothing to do with yip yip. You don't want nothing to do with, no. with any of the, uh, any of her. Oh, gosh, Schmuckin, what are you doing? Um, great, great pick. Oh, thanks. Bow. I didn't know what it was until you just. I heard the the music. I'm like, oh, bow wow, chain jump. I thought I thought you were gonna have me talk about little bow wow. Little Bow Wow. Who is Little Bow Wow? I know that, but I can't think of who it is. The rapper? Yeah, but who is he the son of? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Master P. That's right. Oh, is it really? Yes. Oh. Look, you learn something new every day, folks. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, who the fuck is... Uh, hold on. Let me double check. That. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Little Bow Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm wrong on that. Little Bow Wow is not the son of Master P. <laughs> Oh, well, you learn something wrong every day, folks. Right. He was in Entourage. That's how I know a little Bow Wow. Hang on, hang on. Let me go on Wikipedia and just update it, so then you'll be right. Uh, Masterpiece son is known as <coughs> Little Romeo. Oh, there you go. <coughs> Did I lose you? I have a dry throat today. I, I do too. I don't know what it is. Uh, <clears throat> um, Masterpiece son has been accused of doing the most crazy thing ever. This is back in 2017. I'm trying to find out what it is. Oh, Master P made his son hide assets from his ex-wife to make it look like he's worth than he's actually less worth less than he actually is. Worst YouTube video ever. <laughs> and that's saying something. I know that is saying something. <clears throat> uh, that's even what's that got the that Japanese statue that it was freaking all the kids out. Oh, um, Momo, Moma, Moma, Mom, yeah, yeah, Metropolitan 
Oh my god, here's an eBay. A whole lot of them. Oh, loose for $179. I went all on card. For what? Uh, the Street Fighter figures. Oh, we're back to... Oh, good, thank you. At least we came back around. Yeah, there's a Goro and a Raiden in there. And a Sub-Zero and... Uh, it's more Mortal Kombat guys. This, this is a rip-off. 179 bucks. I'm going to make offer. $30. Take it or leave it. <clears throat> uh, okay. I am going to talk about, probably right now, the most famous woman in video games. If you allow me. So, I'm talking about Samus Aran. When did you, and be completely honest with me here, when did you first find out that Samus was female? Um, years later. You know, I, re I remember the day, because it was a scuttlebutt. Mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, they were, I were trying to hide. I don't know what they were trying to hide. My friend down the street had it, and I was about... Uh, eight when we started hanging out with this kid. My brother met him first, Vincent. He was like a year older than my brother, so three years older than me. And I was eight, he was nine, ten, eleven. And he said that Samus was in her bra and panties at the end of the game if you beat it. And we're like, no way, no way, no way. That's a rumor. <laughs> so I remember one summer night, we were like, we were playing tag, we were sweating, and my dad had this little fan that had this like, I don't even. I don't even. Know. If I could find this thing, it would like, be like a, a time machine back to another portal. It was, it was about the size, of um. Think of like an. It was like the dimensions of an iPhone, but maybe like three times bigger. And it was like a fan, like a, a air fan. Okay. And, and had like a little slot that had an air freshener in it, and also had a flashlight on. It was like a multi-tool. And I remember we were running around at night playing with Sing, and we were all like fighting over this fan, like to cool us down. Like, oh, this is gonna like, because we were all sweating. It was a hot summer night, mm -hmm. and we all were staying down at Vincent's house, which was like down the street from our 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 house. And I know he 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 had we rented Metroid, and we rented a Game Genie too. Like my parents, we rented a Game Genie, and then he rented Metroid, and we put in the codes. I can't remember what codes we used, but you only get three codes. We used, like, uh, once you get, like, a, a gun, you don't lose it, like, extra energy, all sorts of, like, three codes that we could beat the game. And we we went through the whole thing. We wound up, I remember, we, we felt like we were staying up all night. We were drinking these these Gatorade things that I wrote about on our blog called, like, Sun Up. They had, like, caffeine in them. They were, like, an orange juice type thing that had caffeine. Hmm. And you could read about them on my uh, uh, last year's summer vacation blog on radyears.com. And we stayed up like till like maybe three, four in the morning playing Metroid, and we saw the scene. And she, after you beat the game, she's in her little literal bra and panties and boots, and they reveal her to be a female. They're like, no way, Samus is female. You know, back then it was, it was crazy. But then 
you know, like the whole space pirates and their leader Ridley, like they're kind of ripping off Alien. <laughs> like she's kind of based on Sigourney Weaver's Ripley from Aliens. So it, it you know what I would say it looks it's a eight bit spitting image. I I guess so. Uh, so. Uh, I I did some research when I was looking up this, and the series co-creator Yoshio Sakamoto recalled they were partway through development process when one of the staff members said, "Hey, wouldn't that be kind of cool if it turned out the person inside the suit was a woman?" And the developers voted on the concept, and it passed. The game's instruction manual refers to Samus as if she were male to obscure her real sex until the end of the game. Sakamoto noted that during the course of Metroid series, developers constantly tried to express Samus' femininity without sexually objectifying her. Samus' image was based on actress Sigourney Weaver and her role as Ellen Ripley from Aliens and actress Kim Basinger from Nine and a Half Weeks and My Stepmother is an Alien. Sakamoto and Kiyote said that the character's last name was Aran, taken from... Edson Arante Stu Nagasami, the birth name of a famous football player, Pele. Hmm. Now I learn something new every day. Yeah. yeah. She is probably the most badass woman in um, video game history. Uh, she still survives. There's still Metroid games. She's in um, Smash Brothers, and she's pretty mm-hmm. fucking badass in it. Uh, and Metroid Prime is, is spooky and amazing and awesome. Oh, it's one yeah. of my favorite GameCube games. Uh, Super Metroid is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Metroid 2 is one of my favorite Game Boy games. I love the Metroid series so much. Uh, so many cool games and such a huge cultural impact. And, and it also created great uh, cosplay for both you know men and women who want to be a, a woman who's powerful at comic-con and great and uh, you get an arm cannon you get an arm cannon yeah uh samus's zero suit was ranked by screw attack as the fourth on the 2010 list of 10 sexiest outfits in games that's from uh, metroid prime i love metroid prime that's one of my favorite games of all time it was like uh, she disappeared for a while. There was no N64 game. And it's rumored that Metroid Prime was originally going to be developed for N64. Mm-hmm. But um, that never was. So like the chronology of Metroid is Metroid, which is zero mission. Uh, Metroid Prime, Met- Prime Hunters, Prime 2 Echoes, Prime 3 Corruption... Prime Federation Forces, Return to Samus, uh, Super Metroid, Other M, and Fusion. So many get cross between Game Boy Advance, um, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Nintendo. All cool games. Nintendo DS, Prime Hunters, great game. Prime 2, Echoes. GameCube and Prime 3 Corruption on Nintendo Wii. I don't know if you played any of these. You ever played Federation Forces on 3DS? No. That's a great no. game. 
No, the last one I played was Prime. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would like to, honestly, um, go through and play them all again. Uh, Game Boy Advance Zero Mission, they remade the original Metroid game, and it's uh, pretty cool. It's like a super, it's like kind of how they made uh, a Mario All-Stars type. Okay. It's fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of my favorite characters, Samus Aran, from uh, the Metroid series. She's a badass, and I re I remember like finding out that night. That's just that night just lives to me. I could smell the air freshener in that fan, <laughs> and I remember her, his mom made this popcorn and she melted her own butter on it. And it was like like something mm. new world. I never had that before, like in a big tub. <laughs> So, yeah, that's there's a lot of things about that night that remind me. We watched Short Circuit, the original, upstairs, and that's what we fell asleep to. You have the strangest ability to recall things. <laughs> the, from the weirdest shit. Like popcorn with melted, like melted, I never had that before. And cheese, and I, and I didn't, like I didn't understand that cheese was sprinkable back then and when he put cheese on it, it was he was just putting parmesan on it like it's all these things he said cheese and i'm like wait it's gonna be melted like i thought he was gonna put nacho cheese sauce on it i love how you just made sprinkled you just made an adverb what sprinkled cheese sprinkleable sprinkleable yeah I, these are things that like but i could still remember like learning about and i remember going up to upstairs out of the basement to watch because there was no vcr downstairs to watch uh, short circuit and falling asleep in the living room at like three in the morning drinking Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my memory is. All right. Uh, here's your next character. Squeezer. Choose your destiny. <laughs> Fight! So, I had to pick a Mortal Kombat character. Of course, we, we both and, had to. Yeah, and it was it was tough. Because uh, I've been in the series for a long time. Like, I, I, was, I was in, and then I was out for a bit in those uh, initial 3D, like the later 90s uh, until it came back around like when Deception came out like I think it was 2000 and then 2002 um, and Kung Lao was always a, a favorite to play with and then at, but as the years got by I like him even more and more as a character now and I didn't make it past Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate Edition so oh he's got some his fatalities just got even better and better um, and, and this is going back to, like, you were saying E-Honda, like, he was kind of cheap. People argue Kung Lao's a little bit on the cheap side, too, because that hat is just brutal. Uh, you can, you can spam throw that thing, and, uh, He didn't, entered, was introduced until 2, right? Yes, he came in Mortal Kombat 2. Um, they wanted an additional monk, and, uh, like, all right, well, we, let's get a monk, 
and we like odd job from James Bond, so let's give him a hat that he throws right. with a razor blade on now, it. If you would have said Liu Kang, I would have been like, boo. But Kung yeah. Lao was pretty badass. Yeah, they, I don't know what it is about. He's like, um... Does anyone really like Liu Kang? No. He's just, he feels so generic. Yeah. You know? Um, and maybe there's people out there going, hey, I like Liu Kang. And you're all entitled to your wrong opinion. Right. Um, and, and for me, it's, and the it, way it feels like the story is going to, and I, I haven't played the new one yet. I think I'm going to just red box it, give it a try before I go crazy. Um, but uh, it feels like it's really his story. Like, it's really about Kung Lao, because as it turns out, spoilers, spoilers, that he is actually the reincarnation of the great Kung Lao, um, who was a former Mortal Kombat champion, but then lost to the Crown Prince Goro. Um, Yeah, he just has, I feel like Kung Lao has so much more personality, and they really, he's changed from um, incarnation to incarnation, he's a little younger, a little older, he's always, he's been displayed as more cocky. Uh, and arrogant um but when you can teleport and throw a, a razor hat and have like the most longest most badass basically end the round instantly combo if you can pull it off uh, i think you deserve to be a little cocky um okay. right. you also got a spin-off game if you've ever played uh shaolin monks no um which is like it's more of a it's a a, a co-op beat-em-up where it's him and Liu kang and it takes place between Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. It kind of uh, retro... Uh, help me. Retro fits? Sure. Ret- retcons. Uh, it, retcons. Retcons. There you go. It look, I'm trying to make the word longer than it is. Um, some of it, but it, it's a really fun game. Um, beat em up, and it has all the extra fatalities and stuff. Uh, in it too and it's uh, basically it's like you you take the fighting aspect of all your Mortal Kombat games but you get to run around while doing it it's a really fun game Uh, and and you get to just pull off all kinds of cool combos with them and the hat is what really makes it Um, whereas uh, other characters um, you know like they're like their projectiles they're all energy projectiles even even like Katana with her size, like she'll shoot like, you know, uh, or Melina, you know, with the size and um, shoot like lasers or Liu Kang throws like an energy ball. Johnny Cage throws like an energy ball. You know, like this is like a physical object. You can see it being used as a weapon that doesn't just come out of thin air. Um, and it's also just so much more violent. It, it, it's, it's like something physical. Like you can almost feel yourself being cut by this thing. Mm-hmm. And how unpleasant it might be. Um, and I'm also... So... I, I go through and every time a Mortal Kombat game comes out, I have to check out the new fatalities. First thing I do. And some of them just gotten so over the top that it becomes kind of just... Alright, now you're just trying to be crazy. Whereas for me, it's the more subtle, simple, brutal ones that are even better. And I always felt like Kung Lao was that nice in between whereas they were simple but yet like creative mm-hmm. um 
and he, the, his initial ones, he had two initial ones in Mortal Kombat 2 where he would uh, take hat, throw it, and just slice your head off. Nice, clean, and, and, and efficient. Oh, yeah. And then the other one, the, the best one, he would take his hat off and then slice you straight down and split you in half, and you would just peel apart. Right. Um, Slowly. What, yeah, and what's really cool is with the newer graphics and newer ones, he does the exact same move, only it the camera cuts then to behind... Uh, the person you cut in half and you see them slowly peel apart. Oh, that's pretty rad. While it reveals him, it's really cool. My personal favorite, though, and this is coming from someone who owns a table saw, so he kind of cringes, is he takes the hat and throws it in the ground and it spins, and then he grabs the victim by the legs and drags them crotch first on the floor through the table saw, cutting them in half. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's very unpleasant. Also, the other one, he does the same thing, only this time he... Uh, pushes his foot on your head and and pushes your head slowly into it uh, as it slices uh, your head in half. Um, it's not pleasant in any way whatsoever, but it is uh, much like uh, Bow Wow. It's very satisfying to do. Oh, well, that seems fun. I want to try oh, these. It's a lot of fun. I want to go back and. Uh... Play Mortal, the original Mortal Kombat's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we might, I might get that arcade cabinet for my that would credenza. Be fantastic! Oh, be in your office all day. Well, that's pretty sweet. Um, okay, well, uh, my last pick is a Mortal Kombat character. So here we go. Here's my last pick. Scorpion. So basically, I couldn't find anything. This is just the the, the way of getting to to uh, Reptile. Remember, I wanted to talk about how when Mortal Kombat first came out, the um, and and for, throughout its three original incarnations, before like the internet became a real big player, the the hearsay and the rumor and the. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I guess rumor and innuendo. innuendo. Yeah, that went them. No, I'm going even though it's the wrong form of innuendo. The rumor and innuendo and um, that w- went on about Mortal Kombat, uh, like like the word of mouth. They added reptile as a character in the game without telling anybody. So. Uh, Basically, they made Scorpion and Sub-Zero with just a palette swap. Same character, just different... They recorded a few different moves, did a palette swap. And... Um, John Tobias, who uh, decided he wanted to... Um, or Ed Boon was coming back from lunch and knowing it, he talked to John Tobias, the other guy, uh, uh, who created the game with him, and decided to include a super secret hidden feature... Use making the reptiles green color of the palette swap, um, and a cooler version of Scorpion was the character's concept. They completed what? it. That's not possible. Yeah, they completed it in one night. <laughs> um, so his inclusion was intended as a marketing tool for the arcade game. Uh, you have to like under extreme conditions. You have to like beat all the characters with the perfect. Um, like perfect, like flawless victory, and use a fatality every time till you get to this one stage, 
and then if you do if you make it there you'll encounter a reptile and they completely knew that word of mouth was going to spread the rumors of the character's existence. I remember hearing you're going to plan. If you do a certain thing, you could play as him in the game. If you do a certain code, it, you couldn't. But eventually they made him a playable character because of those things. Just like in Mortal Kombat 2 when we thought that animalities were going to be a thing. But they weren't. We thought there was a like hidden one. like That, that Sub-Zero was going to be a polar bear. And that Liu Kang was a dragon. But mm -hmm. they weren't. But that's what they completely did in Mortal Kombat 3. They made animalities. Based on the rumor and innuendo. And um, originally he was just a palette swap. But uh, they decided to like add to him. And uh, they made him more of a reptile guy. He's still a character today, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it wasn't He's mor more, um, more reptile-ish. Yeah. Um, more more reptile like features you know than just a, a green ninja now right and originally in mortal kombat he had the both sub-zero and scorpions attacks but um when he became playable they made a completely new uh list of moves he had that force ball uh the acid spit and mm -hmm. um the slide was always a cheap move to use and uh the fatality I loved, he'd take off the mask and reveal his, like, lizard face, and he'd eat the fucking opponent, your opponent's head. That was always really cool. Yeah. Oh, there was one, um, a newer one, where he would pin them down and spew acid on their head and just, like, melting it away till it's just a skull. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, if I, if you don't mind me jumping back, there is another, um, Kung Lao fatality I must mention. Um... So you know they had uh, uh, friendships, and one of them friendship. would be where he, hmm, friendship. Okay, go ahead. Friendship, uh, where he would pull a rabbit out of his hat. Isn't that adorable? That is. Um, but to play on that, then they made one where he would. It's a fatality. Um, I believe it was Shaolin monks where they did it first, where he would pull a rabbit out of his hat, and then hand it to the guy. But then, much like Monty Python in the Holy Grail, the rabbit, rabbit would, would attack, attack them and rip your throat Fimir out. Fimir flesh wound. You know, yes. uh, reptile was in Shaolin monks, right? According to my notes. Uh, yeah, pretty much every character um, okay. w was in there at some point. He's an um, opening sequence and later as a boss. Yeah. Oh, that opening sequence is awesome. So it's apparently, one of, the, one of the coolest animations. Reptile is a fan favorite as far as finishers. He has some of the best finishers, and that one you told me about the spewing the acid is one of a favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. So in Mortal Kombat 2, Reptile returns as a playable character and a member of the reptilian race called Raptors, who were pulled into Outer World and slain by Shao Kahn. Promised the revival of his people in turn for his loyalty, Reptile serves as Khan and Shao Tsung's bodyguard. He was chosen to assist Jade in order to kill Katana during the events of Mortal Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. He's defeated and exiled, but reappears in Mortal Kombat 4 as Shinnok's minion. By Mortal Kombat Deadliest Alliance, Reptile returns to Khan's service. He overhears Shang Tsung plotting to kill Khan, but en route to warn his master, he meets a female vampire who offers knowledge of his race. Reptile oh, I forgot about her. Reptile pledges his loyalties to her, though he eventually realizes she is merely using him and sets out to kill her. Instead of the vampire, he finds a Naga's dragon egg instead, mm -hmm. which transforms Reptile into a Naga's avatar, leading to the events of Mortal Kombat Deception and ending with his defeat at the game's conclusion. 
Separated from a Naga as a result, Reptile returns in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. In Conquest Mode in Armageddon, he appears in the Red Dragon Lair commanding uh, Dagon's Dragon Caro to close the portal but refuse. Tevan battles Reptile in combat and emerges victorious. Yeah, it's a... Mortal Kombat... uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Did you not love in the movie when he was a lizard? Oh yeah, like and hiding that, that, himself until found by Liu Kang. Yeah, that was great. That was I. It was such a good throwback in the movie. I, I uh, shout out in the movie. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Those those fights were great. That that whole sequence is great. Is how he's. Uh, oh, and then he, yeah, he gets like consumed by the corpse. Oh shit! That. How I said the Mortal Kombat line was a knockoff. It was the mm-hmm. same thing. It was a Hasbro G.I. Joe line. Yeah, I mean, they always fit in together. I didn't know I they didn't were realize they were exactly G.I. Joe. Yeah, but they are. Reptile had his own figure. Came with a katana and a grappling hook. Man, I want all yeah, of these. Yeah, I, w- I would make, like, like, the pit. You know, like, different, like, the stages that they mm-hmm. could fight in. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, I guess it's time to move on to your last pick, Squeeze. Okay. Um, this is... Um, I, I don't think... I, 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 I picked two two great villains. Uh, I know this is a long clip, but it, it's a fantastic song. So I, I dare you to try to... Uh, uh, try not to sing along. Great mighty foo, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? Do you really think you'll survive in here? You don't seem to know which creek you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely... What the fuck is this from? Conker's Bad Fur Day. Is it? Have you never played Conker's Bad Fur Day? No. Oh, you are missing out, sir. Go find this game and play. I have... What system is it on? Uh, N64. Okay. It's produced by Rare. It was one of the last games to come out uh, for N64. It came out in 2001. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, this is... Uh, you, you might scoff at the fact that there is a giant mountain of poo singing at you whose attack is to throw sweet corn, and you have to defeat him by throwing rolls of uh, contact-sensitive toilet paper into his mouth when he sings um, before you can break the glass and then flush him, um, which then ends in a reference to... Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, it's it, the lip-syncing which is something that wasn't 
all that done or even or uh, cared about, especially with N64 with the cartridge, mm-hmm. uh, it could be difficult. But th- to lip sync a, a singing uh, mountain of poo um, in an operatic voice as well is just uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the first time. So this game is ridiculous. It's uh, just everything is absurd over the top. You trust it. You got to play it. You'll love all the pop culture references, tons of movie. It's basically just one long parody. Um, the entire thing from the Saving Private Ryan references to aliens to just, you know, feeding cows prune juice to fill up the latrine so that you can then swim down to get to the great mighty poo. Um, oh, and then bees want to have sex with you. Oh. Um, and it's just a fantastic game. And I, you talk about, like, moments that you remember in, like, playing a video game and... You know, sometimes it's a boss battle, or sometimes even just like you know the first time playing Mario or Mario Three, and it's like this is going those going back like that was something entirely new. You never had anything like that before. Like few people ever experienced that for the first time ever, like right. we got to. But the first time that this mountain of poo rises up and begins singing, I just you I just lost it. Mm-hmm. I, you couldn't you you die because you're I was laughing so hard because it's so absurd and so over the top and just it, it it's such a childish immature game but it's so smart in the way that it does it mm-hmm. uh it, it's uh he's prob- possibly one of I sing this song all day long at least hmm. at every morning I never heard you sing this. Maybe I did. I never realized what I heard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I hum it all the time. Or at least maybe I just keep it in my head to be polite. Um, but, yeah, definitely, if if I may, it's definitely worth Even if you just go to watch, you know, go online and watch it. Watch a bunch of stuff on Conquer. But if you get a chance, if you have an N64 or you got the ROMs or whatever, just... Conqueror's Bad Fur Day was fun, and the multiplayer was a lot of fun too. You know, especially when you're you're fighting uh, Nazi teddy bears. Nazi teddy bears, huh? Mm-hmm. With assault rifles and bayonets. Well, that's pretty awesome. Oh, and and dare, dare I say he is a raging alcoholic. Who is Conquerors? Conquer, yeah. Con- conquer. It's Conquerors Bad Fur Day. Conquerors. He's it's con- like a possessive. Yeah, he's Conquer. Yes, conquer the squirrel, and he's a raging alcoholic with a really hot girlfriend, oh, uh, who, who happens to be a, another squirrel. Oh, and she's hot. She's a gray squirrel. Gray squirrel. Yeah, she's kind of got the whole uh, 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 what's what's her name? Uh, what's Bugs's uh, girlfriend? Isn't it just himself in drag? No, the the one from uh, Space Jam. What's the the chick rabbit? Conquerors, bad for it. I don't know. I'm trying to look up this hot. This hot. Uh... Oh, okay, yeah. Con- oh, rare. So now it's owned by Microsoft. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and this was coming off of rare, just you know. Oh, he's drinking doing... a beer in the opening box. Yeah. Oh no, this whole thing is about like the whole game start bookends with him just being drunk at a bar. 
Oh my god, I am 8 bet sells uh, a vinyl of the soundtrack. And the soundtrack oh, is fantastic. The, oh yeah, there's some great musical cues the and giant the giant poo monster the, on it. Yeah. Yeah, the gameplay the gameplay isn't hard because the the to simplify it rather than it be a difficult game, they just kind of made it a fun thing to do to play this. So everything and it, it's they they break the wall down. They completely break down the fourth wall and they reference it all the time. It's like context sensitive. Where it's like, oh, you get here and you push a button and, you know, you all of a sudden, you know, a gun shows up or a frying pan or, you know, hmm. really fun game, really just creative enemies. And uh, it sucks that rare is what it is now, because I feel like this would be a perfect addition to like an N64 classic. Oh, console, yeah. But because... That's. I think that's why they'll never release one because so many great games for N sixty four were were done by Rare, including um, Donkey Kong Country, Golden Eye, Golden Eye. But they're uh, now Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Kazooie. They're now all owned by um, oh, Perfect Dark. Perfect Shit, Dark. Yeah. Can they just make a Rare box? That'd be nice. Microsoft could do that. Yeah. I was petting all of. I have the space. I've had the space heater on this whole uh, sh- show because I'm a monster. Oh, chilly boy. Well, uh, the the windows were all open because it was beautiful yesterday, but it was 78 yesterday. It was almost 80 yesterday, and then it was like almost 40. I think right now it's 51 degrees, so it got <laughs> chilly in the house. And all of like me is a chilly kitty, so I have the space here. She's sleeping in front of it on my feet. She's adorable right now. Ah, she made a, she makes like these little pork noises. She doesn't meow, so she's like. So she's made a pork noise a little bit ago. You couldn't pick it out, but uh, this was a fun idea. You had this idea off the spur, um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? This could work. It and just popped in there. It just. What popped in there, Ray? Uh, it was fun, though. It was fun talking about our favorite video game characters, and it let us like, kind of dabble in the video game world. But um, we're, we are chugging along. We made it through 80s month, and uh, we got a lot of good things for you on the future, right? I think so. Yeah. We, we got a what dick- are we talking about next week that will change? Dick. Well, this isn't. It's Dick Tracy next week. Oh, okay. We're talking everything Dick Tracy. It's a Dick Tracy episode. Big Dick. Not that I need an excuse to go back and rewatch it, but I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, you know what? We should. I I love that movie, but... um, Dick Tracy next week, and uh, after that, we'll have plenty more, and um, we're less than three weeks away from me restarting the summer vacation event on radiers.com so there'll be blogs as almost as every day as i can possibly write them i've got plenty more stories to tell from my summer vacations summer shit to review summer movies to watch with enchantress and summer cool things to do so look out for that and um check out uh, let us know what you think of our new podcast artwork and as soon as we get merch we'll let you know and let us know what merch you want to see if there's something you want to see us make We'll make it. Um, Until then, we'll talk to you next week. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See ya.